This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and fill-in producer guy AJ Fredrickson. You don't have to fill in, now you're part of the outfit. <laughs> hey, I it's appreciate the, it, I appreciate a, it. AJ's part of the deal. We've been talking a lot about radio and all this kind of great stuff and lots of things going on in the world. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. Well, that's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price-upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Ryan. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Should we should we get the uh, you know the horrible news out of the way right away? I think so. Then Which one hit you consider? Hard. Hit him hard. Yeah, may as well. Um, <laughs> should we go with Gina Lola Brigida or the Vikings? Which is uglier? Oh, I thought you were meant the other one. Uh, 
Well, Gina Lola Bridget was an ugly, even though she no, was 95. She was <laughs> She's a beautiful woman. They've got a picture of her at 95. She's got the most spectacular head of hair wig. Um, <laughs> well, see, there you she go. She still looks great at 95, man. 95. If I could look that, that good at 95, I might want to live that long. I don't know, though. Isn't it kind of weird that there's always this kind of disconnect, reconnect? First of all, you get uh, Lisa Marie Presley dies at oh, 54. Oh, that's right. That's what's and then crazy. Gina Lola Brigida dies 40 <laughs> years older. It's like nice balance to the universe we got here. Yeah, there Man. was there was some uh, video of Lisa Marie was at some award show or something. She was kind of staggering around a little bit, and then she right. was dead a couple days later. Yep. That's crazy. Well, she learned it from her dad, kind of sounds yep. like. Oh, was it a, I, I don't even know what happened. Did she, I, she had a heart attack, maybe? Was that what yeah. happened to her? I think she just liked to have lots and lots and lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Sure sounds like it. How old was Elvis when he died? He was 42, like, I think. He was only so. 42. Let's see. Man. He was born in 1935, and he died in, what, 77, I think. Oh, that movie he was. was 42, yep. That was movie 42. was sad, that newer movie about him. His life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where he just wanted to perform no matter what, and uh, it was just sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard to believe that the, a performer had a uh, financial guy that stole money from him. Who ever heard of that before? Well, that never happens. Never happens. Like, it never happened to, oh, I guess it did happen to me. Yeah. Whatever. People in there stealing money. It's just disgusting, but... Such is life. But in any case, yeah, we start off uh, talking about Gina Lola Brigida and uh, Lisa Pre- Marie Presley dying at only 54 years old. And, uh, you know, we've lost a couple there, but I did watch the Viking game yesterday, and I don't know why I do it, although we had the neighbors over. We had uh, Jeff and John. Mike came over. Uh, both Johns came over, as a matter of fact, and, and watched the game. It was not a good game from start to finish. It was very, very boring, actually. Mm-hmm. The Vikings, they're going to have to do a lot of house cleaning because their defense is horrendous. I don't think their quarterback is. He's mediocre at best, and they're pay, paying this guy $45 million a year for that. Isn't that kind of the problem with the Vikings is they don't ever clean house? No, they that's just exactly keep right. keep on trying the same thing and wondering why the results are the same. You know, this will be interesting. Andy, Andy, our son, is not a sports fan at all. AJ, are you a sports fan? I am. Are you really? Because a lot of guys at your age are not any longer. Uh, diehard Wild, big Cubs fan, huge fan of. Oh, you're the, a Cubs fan. Yeah, my. So where uh, did we grow up? I'm I'm from Fridley, Minnesota, but okay. my my mom's side of things. My grandpa is from Chicago, Illinois. He played. He was actually a pr- pretty talented baseball player in his time. Really? Uh, was Double A in the Giant system at one point oh. in his life. Um, but then he met my grandma, and then they moved to St. Cloud, Minnesota, settled down there, and the Chicago Cubs ties stuck with him. Mm. So every you know weekend or so growing up, it was the go up to St. Cloud and WGN, and Kerry Wood is on the mound, and it's Chicago Cubs baseball. There you have it. Now, who uh, was it? The the Chicago the uh, the St. Cloud Granite or the Rocks or what was was the baseball team's name again? The St. Cloud Rocks. It was the Rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, are they still around? They are. They're in the Northwest I love something league, yeah. The St. Cloud Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good name for a team, right? So, you know, what the hell? That all works out in the end. But, yeah, we, um, yeah, as far as baseball is concerned, it's been the, the number one thing when I grew up. I mean, obviously, 
both the Twins and the Vikings came along when I was, I believe, nine years old. They both came to the to the state of Minnesota. We got hockey. Uh, basketball already was in place, obviously, with the Minneapolis Lakers. But uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I've been I've been a fan of the Vikings since I was 15. I, I didn't watch them the first five years they were around because I didn't know anything about it. My brother came back from Vietnam. He's in the Marine Corps. Introduced me to the Minnesota Vikings, so I'm blaming my brother Terry for all the misery I've had for the past 62 years. Aww. That's fair, isn't it? No. Why not? It's a little much. It's just that team just never, ever, ever can put it together. Why? Okay, you guys answer. You want to call in? That's why can't Minnesota teams, other than the Twins, twice, once in '87, once in '91. We can't win any. Last time the, the Gophers ever won anything, well, in hockey they did. But they haven't won the national championship in football now in 62 years. What the hell? Well, how many other teams can say the same thing? That they've never won anything. Although the Minnesota Vikings now are the longest existing team without ever having won a Super Bowl. Oh. That's the that's a major problem because you still have like the Buffalo Bills haven't won one, but they came along after the Vikings did. Um, so yeah, we're right at the top of the heap now. We're we're the longest lasting team without winning a Super Bowl in the NFL. So that's a that's a great uh, award to win, don't you think? I think so. So what else is going on in the world? Anything good? Uh, anything good? Well. Not according to Twitter. No, God, not no, no, not according to Twitter. You can forget that. Prince Harry says he's got an, enough dirt on the royal family to write another book. Oh, I'm sure. God. I'm sure. I he know. Does. It's it's so hard to listen to these spoiled brats whine nonstop about the privileged life that they've led and how they didn't like it. I know. Right. Millionaires you know? complaining about how hard life is. I know. Yeah, thanks. I know. It's one time somebody was really mean to me, and I got to write a book about it. <laughs> it's just so boring. So, you know, we got a nice age spread here. AJ, you said you're what, 25? 25. AJ's 25 years old. You got Andy in his 30s, Catherine in her late 30s. Hey. And then there's me in my mm-hmm. early, another decade, which we won't <laughs> mention. <laughs> but I, I just, why is it, and I'm asking the three of you and all the listeners, why is it that people in America right now want to whine and complain and bitch about everything? Nothing is right. Everything sucks. Well, that's obviously not true. Why, why are we like that now? Explain that to me. Well, I, I think... <laughs> Sorry, I... AJ just looked at me like, what the hell? I, I apologize. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm getting messages over here, so I wanted to make sure... I understand. It's not a problem at all. I, a, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, a lot of it is social media. And yeah, also, our, our, you know, the media in general. I mean, especially newspapers have just become a op-ed wine medium. I mean, that's just what it is now. So, and you got, you know, our, our leaders. All they they don't take responsibility for anything. They're very comfortable lying about anything that they do oh, wrong, yeah. and they're to make money. Yeah. Very very busy patting themselves on the back for the slightest thing that goes right. So I just think that's just kind of. It just trickles down. Yeah, but are people that stupid? Is it because absolutely? Is it because of COVID (laughs) that nobody picked up a book for three years? Now everybody's a moron. I mean, is that (laughs) what do you think? 
Well, look at the fear mongering that was happening with COVID. I, I mean, people were people that were speaking about the other side of the science were just silenced. Um, which, to me, that's the scariest thing at yeah, of all. Yeah, the silence someone in America. Yeah, yep. you, well, just if you've got somebody with a dissenting opinion, I think they need to be listened to, not just squashed. Um, and that, to me, is very scary that you're not listening to the other side of things. Just, right, well, just branding somebody as a crazy, kooky quack because they've got a difference of opinion is... That's real scary stuff. I, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on or what side of the COVID controversy you're on. People should be afraid of that. Yeah. Well, this is all based on, this is all fear-based. Every bit of it is fear-based. There's wow. no question about that. Wow. I mean, you look at the, the way people are acting today. Here's an example. You guys probably missed this because you're both out of town. But there was an article in the Star Tribune yesterday that apparently the teachers union in the state of Minnesota is fighting to keep Christian teachers from teaching in public schools. Yeah, that sounds about right. You mean I thought there te- was freedom mean, of religion in America. What they, happened to that? Are they telling them they can't talk about Christianity or they just won't let them work because of <laughs> they, their religion? They don't want them there at all because they're Christian. Oh, look, that's not good. Let me explain something to people. I'm not a very religious person. I grew up Catholic, but I'm I wouldn't say that I'm a Christian. I wouldn't say I'm a very good Catholic either, all the rest of it. So I'm not locked into one religion here. But it just kind of amazes me that there are certain religions where if a woman speaks up, she gets her head cut off. That's apparently okay. But if you're a Christian teaching in a public school, you got to be fired. I don't understand. How did we get here? Anyone? I, I mean, yeah, you look at the... Uh the reason why America was founded is because of freedom of religion, right? And speech, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't speech, I don't know. religion, all this great stuff. That and, and you know, for new listeners, all this, I am not conservative in the least. I'm about as middling as they get. I don't like the far left, and I don't like the far right. I, I like Democrats, know, and Tom, I like Republicans. Tom, I what? read I read on Twitter that you're ultra MAGA. <laughs> I'm ultra mega. <laughs> yeah, one one person was like, he's always been ultra mega. <laughs> How have I, I had I had lunch with the president one time, so now I'm apparently locked oh. in to uh, what he thinks. Well, like I no, said, I, I really wish Donald Trump would shut the hell up. To tell you the truth, I wish Biden and Trump would both shut up. Yeah, wouldn't that be I nice? Know, but there's always one, you know. There's always well, one. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But I, it just. We've gotten to that. Now another thing just popped up on my screen. Now there are a bunch of people in America that want to stop. I think it's one of the big colleges. I don't know which one. Stop using the word, the word field because it's racist. How so? I don't know. Yeah, How I is the word field? It's oh, you saw it, Eddie? It reminds them of the fact that black people were enslaved in fields or something. What? Yep. Hey, how's baseball going, AJ? Baseball, it's not a field anymore. Out on the pitch. The pitch. Yeah, there we go. We can go to the soccer. There we go. We can so go you can't have an outfielder or an infielder. Well, that's what I'm wondering. You can't. The field of dreams uh, is out. Apparently, you just you can't field any questions. Don't call me a shortstop. No, I'm, that's right. I'm sensitive about my height. <laughs> wow. So uh, AJ's here. AJ's 25 years old. For for uh, Catherine and Andy, I love the fact that we have viewpoints. Everybody from a guy my age uh, all the way down to 25 years old with AJ. You got Andy's opinion. You got Alex's opinion when she's on, Catherine. I just, and again, I just wish 
we could all stand up and be honest with one another and say this is all fear-based. All of this hatred being puked up is all fear-based. We need to deal with the fear of Americans and stop scaring the piss out of them on Fox and CNN every night. Wouldn't that be nice? And well, it's both of them doing it, right? They know that that marketing um, plan sells. I know. Get so, some big ratings. Yep. Does everything have to be about money? Sure does. See, I told, I told a guy a, a short time ago that I have absolute proof that I am not a racist. I have absolute proof. You know what it is? <laughs> you have video? My, I don't know. My, no, I don't have any video, okay. but I have right. absolute proof that I am not a racist. I'm not afraid of black people. This whole thing about white Americans dealing with black people is just hilarious to me because they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. They have no idea what black culture might be all about, what's, what's really, really important to different people. Uh, by different people, I mean people that are different from you. So you have fear of them. And your fear, that's, that's I'm sorry, that's where all hatred, all hatred comes from fear, does it not, Andy? Well, that's what Yoda said. <laughs> well, I guess it's so. Yoda said it's got to be true. And Yoda is wise. So, although I think he might have said, "Hate." Let, let me look it up. Hold on. <laughs> what did Yoda <laughs> say? Gonna look, he's going to look up what Famous Yoda Famous Yoda say. quotes. But all you're doing is, is, first of all, you're using other people's skin color to make money, which really pisses me off. If if I were of a different race, I'd be very, very upset about that, that you're making money off of my skin color by pretending to care, give a rat's ass about me. Yeah, here I we do go. have a problem with that. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. See? There you go. So there, there you go. Wow. Fear Three is Buddhist. the path to the dark side. He's Yo- right. Yoda Tom, a, Tom Yoda. and Yoda. Yoda right was the a same <laughs> wheelhouse, baby. Yoda was a Buddhist, huh? Sounds like. Sounds, sounds like, like a Buddhist. No one knows like what Buddhist the hell Yoda was. He was a green thing. Yeah. But but how can they not understand when they say things like don't use the word field and don't do this and don't do that? It's your fear that you're puking out. Oh. Grow up. You just need to stop listening to these academic people that have nothing better to do. They're living well, in their little true. ivory towers. They're making crap up because they they don't have to have a real job. No, thank you. No, that's true. I'm not going to listen to them. I, like I said, I like Democrats. I like Republicans. I like centrists. I'm not real wild about extremists of any kind. Extremism's not my kind of deal. I just, could, could all of us in the middle come to an understanding? AJ, this is going to sound really weird for a guy on the, the air, but see, this is my wife, and I love her dearly. Our son Andy, I love him too, and our daughter Alex. I love her and our grandkids. I love my friends. I love my job. I was just talking to AJ about how nice the feeling of walking into the Hubbard building after all these years. That's what I want to talk about. How you feel better, not how you feel worse. I mean, does that make any sense? That I, again, AJ's 25 years old. He's in a completely different generation. I might even be able to be old enough to be AJ's grandfather, not just father, but you know. <laughs> so there you go. Can we get there as a 25-year-old? Andy and you is in your late 30s, mid to late 30s, I guess the best way to put it. Can we get to a point where people stop focusing on their fear and try to do something about it instead? It's possible. I think it's possible, but it's it. It's so far off from where we currently are oh, that yeah. it's it, oh, yeah. it's like trying to shove a bowling ball down a drinking straw right yeah, now. Yep. Um, people are just so held on to they, they dig their heels in more than I think in, yes. in my very short life than I've ever seen. 
where it's you say one thing and similar to what Catherine mentioned, it's just like we're gonna put up this giant wall and now I'm not going <laughs> right. I'm not going to talk to you. You are cast away from my yep. life entirely. I don't care if you're my neighbor or my cousin or my aunt or my uncle, whatever. I don't want to associate myself with you because you had one thought that differs from mine, and in my mind, that is completely evil and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You can under I, I you just have a conversation because you just need to open up and maybe think about the other side of the thing uh, of any issue. Like there's two sides to every coin. every coin, and I like to maybe look at that. Look at life that way myself, where it's everybody has different perspective, uh, perspectives on things. Like mm-hmm. if you go to the art museum, if you're standing off to the right compared to the left, somebody's going to interpret that piece of art completely different. <laughs> Absolutely. Look at the it's MLK true. statue. Woo. Oh, God, that thing's hideous. That, that thing. Did you see it, AJ? With yeah, his wife? I, I I saw it unveiled oh. and I saw it, oh. a, a reply that was like, that cannot actually be something that was approved. It's just oh, gross. No. Well, you know, from one angle, it looks good. From another angle, it looks like they're holding a turd. Yeah, it does. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah. You should study a sculpture from all angles, I think, if, especially if you're going to make one that gigantic. <clears throat> It just is a very yeah. strange it looks like thing. Google hagfish. It looks like two <laughs> hagfishes mating <laughs> to me. Yeah, there's one angle. I think from the front it looks like it, you, you can from actually tell. From a very tell. specific angle yeah. you can tell what it is. But yeah. it's like 10 degrees out of the whole 360 where you can tell what it is. But the first video that I saw when they unveiled it, they were kind. They were just, you know, they were just holding their camera, waiting for it to be unveiled. Nobody had seen it before, and they pulled it down. And, and it was like... <laughs> Ew, yeah. is that a is that dookie? What, well, but what I is mean, that? Even if you can tell what it is, even if it was very obvious, it's still not a good idea for a statue. Just two disembodied pairs of arms. Yeah, it does yeah. not it looks feel weird. like an MLK no. tribute to me. I, I, I mean, know. yeah, they couldn't like put his head in there, so you know what the yeah, hell it's supposed see, to be. Let's see, we're we're not art snobs, so we don't probably know. No, we don't know. We don't know that it's really good. I know for ten and a half million dollars, I could have made something better. Ten and a half million. Oh, I'm surprised it wasn't more because that thing's huge. It's huge. And it's have like you guys bronze. ever seen the picture, the real picture? Yeah, it, it's beautiful. They're just talking about them hugging, right? The yeah, one, they're hugging the, one, the one another. Photo. It, yeah, and it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Yeah, I don't know the, why they didn't. Love. Why didn't they just do their heads and their shoulders? Yeah, I know they should have done like a so you, you could know, tell what it was torso up or whatever. That sort of yeah. thing. I don't, yeah, not yeah. just the Very arms. Odd. It looks unfinished. Yeah, but like I said, and I'm sure there will be people that are. It's the most beautiful thing I ever saw, and you're you're racist because you hate it. You know what it probably is going to be? Is yeah, they're probably going to sure. put projectors over them so that they can project different people's faces onto the hugging oh, thing. God. So it's going to be like, oh, look, uh, Pepsi Maybe. presents racial harmony. They could put a hologram of their heads. Uh, through the top. Oh, there you go. Maybe the, that the drones would look cool. or whatever. Something. They, they got to do something. <laughs> they might do that. But one thing I, that you just said that I just love so much, you don't like it because you're racist. Yep. It's, everything's racist now. I think that's hilarious. Uh, honest to God, everybody I talk to, uh, many, many friends from the time I was very, very young to now, uh, African-American people, they look at me and they go, Tommy, what is wrong with you people? There's, don't put your white stuff on me. <laughs> don't be lumping me in with the crowd. I mean, do they really think this is good? 
They really think this is wise. We're going to have two pairs of arms. This is one of the most important men ever born, for Christ's sake. He stood up, he took a bullet, and he knew he was going to eventually take a bullet. He talked about it all the time, that he, he knew he was going to be assassinated. And he did it anyway. Could we honor him a little more than just having his arms hanging out there? Yeah, and I'm whatever? looking. I'm looking at some photos of it right now. Even from the front, it does not look. <laughs> it's not good, in my humble opinion. Well, yeah, you'd have to agree it ain't with your good. humble opinion. Mm-mm. I don't understand why. I will never understand why people do the things they do with art, and because I look. Hey, when I go to the art museum and see your. Monet's and Manet's and all that. I love that stuff, but the rest, I don't get. The one that always I, I loved back in the day at the old uh, Walker Art Museum, there, a guy took a garbage can that was full of garbage, smashed it flat, and then lacquered over it, and that was a piece of art. But I don't mm. get it. Two years ago, I went to a, uh, I, I, where's, which uh, museum is right by the Cherry on the Spoon? That that's that's the walker. That's the walker. That's the walker. Yeah. They yep. had a few pieces. It was it was a whole theme, but it was a car wash spinning bristle. Yeah. And that was it. it that was, was just, it. It was rotating. It would stop for a couple seconds, and then it would start back up again. <laughs> yeah, it's all money laundering, all of it. <laughs> it probably is, isn't it? Well, that was started by the what the Rockefellers or the yeah, Bill, one of those know, rich families back then started the whole absurdly expensive faux art thing. And why did they? Money laundering. Or tax breaks, one of the two. That's exactly what it was. They sold art. Something they bought for $100,000, they all of a sudden valued at $11 million and uh, gave it away, and that's how they paid their taxes. They, they didn't have to pay $11 million worth of taxes because they gave away a picture that cost them, what, 500 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Just because they said it was worth $11 million, all of a sudden they don't have to pay any taxes at all. What a scam. God, is everybody just about scamming? Is that the plan? You should get into NFTs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For real. I, AJ, I just, ne- from day one, I never saw the point. I don't get that. But what is this based on? I, I still don't get it either. I don't. Like, I, I am a, tra- like a trading card, sports trading card type of guy. Oh, yeah, okay. But NFTs are that, except you just can't hold it, and it's on your computer, and anybody can take a picture of it, so they have it, too. I, I don't understand how people are selling these for hundreds upon thousands of dollars. Catherine, you know. Well, once again, it started out as, like, sort of the, the, this idealistic idea that the Fed has been manipulating currency and right, that's why right. people can't get ahead because every time you do they crash the housing market or they do something with the economy or inflation goes nuts and nobody can ever get ahead. The, the working man cannot get ahead and women. And so the idea of it was that it was going to be a free exchange of currency outside of the government. And that sounded great for a long time until, of course, the government decided to start regulating it. And people found out that they could do exactly what everybody else does is scam people out of money and steal it. So, I mean, it started out as a good idea, I think. And it just turned into greed and everything that's wrong with 
all the rest of the money. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. (laughs) (laughs) We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, well, you're not mean. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. That's, right you know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Well, didn't they learn anything from, I think it's a biblical uh, saying, as a matter of fact, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Did they miss that part? I mean, did they miss that part of their Bible or whatever they read? Well, I think when Bitcoin was in its infancy, it was, um, nobody realized, because once again, scarcity equals a lot of money. So... When Bitcoin started taking off like crazy, and then everybody in the world started making their own version of Bitcoin, it just turned it into a watered-down Ponzi scheme, basically. That's all, that's all that happened. That's pretty much what I looked at. It's basically a Ponzi scheme, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Yep. Well, this is interesting. This just popped up on my screen. Uh, Florida real estate bombshell could destroy a lot of wallets. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed law last May aimed at protecting condo residents in wake of Surfside collapse. Oh, yeah. Because, because of all those buildings. Now, didn't another one collapse, like, last week? I, I don't know. I missed that if, they, if it did. I think another one collapsed about a week or two ago, yeah, maybe. Or was it, I don't think it collapsed. It was about to collapse, and th- luckily they, they caught it before it did. But um, once again, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Why did this happen? Because whoever built those buildings cut corners. That's why, so they could make more money. I mean, you don't build a building that falls apart 20, 30 years later, for Christ's sake. That's, that's or, a short or a bridge. Or a bridge. That'd be good. If, or if our bridges bridge. wouldn't collapse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's last May, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis passed legislation mandating emergency reserve funds for condominiums statewide after the tragic collapse of the 12-story Champlin Towers uh, uh, South. Yeah, that's the Surfside collapse. That's the Surfside collapse. Yeah, same story. 
Okay. While lawmakers hope the condo law overall uh, overhaul, excuse me, will protect residents from similar events, some market experts have warned that the mandatory reserves could destroy Floridians' wallets. These costs they get passed on to the consumer in one way or another. Pinion Enterprises founder and CEO Joe Pinion. If your last name were Pinion, wouldn't you name your kid Oscar so his name is O Pinion? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? His name is Joe Pinion. That's close to O Pinion, right? Pretty close. Mm. Yeah. So they gave, they came close, but it sounds no, you like don't he like could be O-Pinion. a Batman villain. That, that could be his catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. It's Joe Pinion. You want to exactly. hear my Joe Pinion? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think true. the Very... bat needs to die. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, here comes the budget buster. This stipulation was put in place by Governor DeSantis to secure lies, but it's going to end up bankrupting a lot of people. I didn't see this 50% hit coming. Ooh. 50% hit on what? Are they, they talking about HOA fees? Because, I mean, generally an HOA has to have reserves for things. I mean, I would guess that your insurance company would be the one that if your condo just all of a sudden collapsed, would, would be on the hook think, for yeah. it. Right. Um, right. I don't know. Uh, I would think that the state or the cities would also have to inspect multiple dwelling units because they have to have certificates of occupancy. And I don't don't know how it works. And it's probably different in every state. Associations are required to perform a reserve cost analysis every 10 years for repair costs that meet or exceed $10,000. Associations must then mail their structural integrity studies to condo owners. We'll contribute to the reserve together through an uh, association-approved payment plan. So, yeah, it's going to be HOA fees. So it is. You are absolutely right. It's going to be HOA fees. They're going to go up quite a bit. But I suppose uh, HOA fees, are they they all that high right now? I don't even know. Well, it all depends on the building you're in. A lot of the older buildings that have... You know, put in their pools and all their infrastructure right. 50, 60, 70 years ago, their HOA fees are much lower than a new building that's putting in movie theaters and, you know, outdoor kitchens and rooftop right. pools and gardens and all that kind of stuff. Then it's cost a ton to, to maintain all that stuff. So it all depends. Well, it has to be maintained and somebody's going to have to pay for it and that's just Kind well, that is, is what your HOA fees are supposed to be for. Yes, exactly. You know, there's a picture of the downtown Miami. I really hope those buildings don't collapse because that's a beautiful picture. Oh, Miami <laughs> is a, a beautiful city. It's it really gorgeous. is. It's very pretty. So, I don't know. Well, let's keep everybody safe. No more building collapses. That would be good. But didn't they know, they found out later, they knew the building was unstable, correct? Well, apparently in 2018... An inspection found that some of the rebar had been corroded because the building was built wrong. Never good. So the re- the salt water would pool in the rebar and kind of just eat away at it. Uh. And then they tried to repair it in October 2020, but they said that it was deteriorated so bad that if they tried to repair it, they would have knocked it all down because the rebar would have just fallen apart. Right. So when they learned that, mm. they should have shut down the building. They should have condemned it. Absolutely, they should have. But, and they yeah. should have made the man who built it pay for it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Although you're building... the building standards at that time, they might have been built. I mean, it was built to code back then. So Not I wonder if it was, necessarily. Well, that's, how, that's what your building inspections are supposed to be all about. Yeah, unless you, you know, palm the uh, inspector $1,000. Well, then, I, like I said, I think that the state has some culpability. 
Yeah, if it, if the uh, inspection, I mean, yeah. they should have that on record. If they, they if, if it was found to be a bad inspection, then <coughs> yes. Although I don't know well, who has liability, the inspector or the state. Let me guess, it's not the state. Both? It's probably the state not will the state. never take. <laughs> But how about both? Why don't they? Why don't they have culpability? Because they probably the builder, just the vote, vote that they don't have to. We're not doing yeah, that. Yeah, really. Who's going to decide who's culpable? The state. Yeah. And who's going to decide that, decide that themselves is culpable? Right. No one. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I think they should do then? If I have to, as a homeowner, put extra money in my HOA to cover this kind of thing, then I think the builder and the state should have to match it. I think Why, so, ev- too. Everybody should match it. The state should pay a third, uh, the but builders that, pay a third, and I should pay a third. But that building is long gone, or, I mean, was built when, did you say, Andy? Uh, I think it was almost 40 years old. Yeah, so the builder probably isn't in business anymore. No, he might even be dead. Who knows? But yeah. the money should be in a, in a, in a uh, trust somewhere. Uh, it kind of works that way, and it kind of doesn't. There's builders' associations <laughs> fees, but yeah, there is, right. there's not enough money sitting oh, around in a bank yeah. account for every condo building to collapse and to get fair market value. There just isn't enough money for that. But I don't think the owner of the place, it's going to really hurt the, the value uh, of condominiums throughout the state of Florida if they do this because basically nobody's going to want to live in a condominium anymore if it's going to be way too expensive to live there. Oh, I think that this, I think states and municipalities have been overcharging property tax fees on condos for a long time. They have, yes. Yeah, they they make out like bandits that that there's, you know, a 27-story building on a square block or even a half of a half of a block and they're paying, you know, everybody from the ground up is paying all of their property taxes where if it was an office building, they wouldn't be paying the same amount. Or if it was single families, they certainly wouldn't be paying that amount. They've been, they've been reaping the benefits of condominiums for a long time. Right. Yes. So what are we going to do about it? I mean, seriously, I think everybody should share the cost because if you have responsibility and culpability, you should share the cost. It's generally what does happen when they try to figure it out is that they split it all up. People that own bigger condos pay a little more. People that have smaller condos pay a little less. But everybody usually has to throw money into the pot. I mean, I don't want to be on the 30th floor of some building someday and the building collapses. I really don't want to do that. that. It's very bad. (laughs) Very bad indeed. Are we going to talk about you, dear? Oh, you're going to bring that up? Well, we should probably. Yeah, you probably should. You see this right here, AJ? I do. I had cancer. And I didn't tell anybody yet. Uh, what has it been, about a two-and-a-half, three-week period, something like that, that I've been going yeah. and getting Yeah, about three weeks everything. probably. Yeah. Packed sh- up like yeah, there's Shortly no before Christmas, um, right. you went in and they told you that it was a pre-melanoma. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And then you went in about, a, what, 10 days later? Mm, and yeah, somewhere like right they looked at it again and said that there was some melanoma lurking underneath the pre-melanoma. Which melanoma I under the pre-melanoma. <laughs> so I don't know what that exactly means. If it was the pre-melanoma was turning into a melanoma, did they tell you anything like that? There, It, it was cancer. They yeah. did tell me that well, it was melanoma. Well, melanoma is There's cancerous, no yes. Yes. And they're saying that's what it was, and uh, i got to be 100% honest about it. I, today, would be sitting here with the same problem, but my lovely wife, Catherine, who I'm already told you on the show I love very much, said, you need to go get that checked. And I said, it's a light brown little spot. I mean, it's about the size of a, 
you know, a pencil eraser, just this little tiny dot on my right cheek. It was blonde. It wasn't even dark at all. It wasn't wasn't dark at all. It was a little dark. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to. It was. Yeah, it was a little dark. It wasn't like a big, you know, scary looking thing. I just remember about a month and a half ago, I said, did you cut yourself shaving or something? What's that on your cheek? And you said, yeah, I think I cut myself shaving. So I didn't think anything of it. AJ's laughing at that now. He's AJ's already become part of the family after one half hour with us. He's laughing at that. He's like, yeah, I I can see that Tom do do something like that. And then uh, Pat Eberts is a cousin of mine he was over at our house delivering a christmas gift for tom and his brother is a dermatologist and i started Mm. i'm like you know i don't like this thing i think you should have it looked at and pat got on the horn with his brother mike and uh got you in and it's a good thing because i was gonna i was gonna try to fool you into getting into a dermatologist down here I was going to be like, Tom, I need to go in there and get, you know, some face cream. Well, you come, you know, come in with me quick. And I was going to tell oh, Dr. Carroll, I was going to say, okay, so we're going to tackle him and you're going to take a biopsy. That's what's going to happen. But, yeah, but anyway, I, I want to say one thing here. It's not that I'm some superhuman or anything like that. It's just the way... I look at life, and that's why I find people to be so ridiculous when they, everybody's a racist and everybody's horrible and, every, oh, my God, it's terrible. In the last few months, I lost a court case I thought I was for sure going to win. cost me about 90% of what I thought I was going to win in the court case. I then got fired from KQRS. <laughs> I then got cancer. This was all in a 90-day period. I lost millions of dollars. I lost my job, and I got cancer and almost lost my life. You don't hear me pissing and moaning about it, do you? Grow up, for Christ's sake. Stuff happens. Now, look, let me tell you what what turned out because of all that. Um, Other things happened in my life, and, you know, I'm... You must admit, both of you in the family, that I'm not exactly a money grubber. I don't care about money like other people do. I like making money. That's nice. And spending money. I'm spending. Oh, you you do? Is that what you're saying? Do we bring you into it all of a sudden, honey? I thought we were talking ah! about you. I thought we were talking about you. <laughs> we were for a second oh, okay. there. Okay. But I, I'm not trying to hold myself as some prime example. I'm just saying, relax. Lots of things go wrong in lots of people's lives. Look to the people around you. If it weren't for Catherine, I would never have gone in. And in a few months, I would have found out it's too late, and I got cancer, and I'm screwed. I mean, there's a chance that if I had hung around for another two, three, four months, Andy, you know this, right? Yeah. That if I had waited another two, three, four months, I might not have been able to be cured. Right? Yeah, it's pretty aggressive stuff. You're lucky you it's caught very, it when you yeah. did. And it was because of your mother. She's the one that insisted I go in. She got on the phone and got a hold of doctors, all the rest of it. So why would I sit around and piss and moan about, oh, God, I got this thing on my face. And I got lucky. My wife saved my life, you know. I got lucky. I'm working for the Hubbards now, right? Or I'm working with them. I guess I don't work for them. I work with them. But all these things, uh, you know, I was talking to AJ about walking into the Hubbard building because that's where I started 51 years ago, almost 52 years ago now. Walking in that building makes me happy. And uh, Catherine and Andy, you can ask Alex because my daughter went over there with me just, you know, because I had to have a driver. That was the first surgery I had right after I was at Hubbard. But... Can people ever, look, I piss and moan about things and I don't like stuff and I'm like everybody else. I get caught up when I shouldn't be getting caught up. 
But instead of going totally negative, why don't you look at the positive side of things and that I got all this help from all my friends, my family, all the rest of it. Andy, um, can you take the, a drop of what he just said? <laughs> could you, yeah, could you, you put that on speed <laughs> dial so that whenever we need it, it's there? Thank you. But uh, that's why I haven't been on the uh, the podcast quite a bit. I haven't been doing a lot of uh, you know showing up places, all that stuff. But because I had three different surgeries on it, they were facial surgeries, three different days. Because they had to go deeper and deeper. Because they found out at first it wasn't deep enough. Then they went a little deeper, and then they had to go yet another uh, chunk deeper. For those that aren't aware, that's called Mohs surgery. M O H S, where they yeah, keep surgery. on they keep on cutting around the lesions so that they can make sure that they get all the cancer cells right. out of there. Right. So that's why I have been on the air a whole hell of a lot. Um, but in a way, and, and again, I'm not a very religious person, but I believe there is a greater good and a greater evil, that kind of thing. So if you want to, if you call that God and the devil, that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. But I, I look back and I, I, I said, I could take the really negative side and piss and moan and probably wind myself to death. I could have done that, You could write a book like Prince Harry. Yes, I could write a book pissing and moaning about (laughs) being a a prince and being a multi-billionaire and never having worked a day in my life. I mean, how disgusting is that little prick? Uh, Oh, God, he's... You're a billionaire for no... You've never done anything in your life, and you're complaining. Don't you just love that? Yeah. I don't understand the fascination with the royal family. I don't get it either, AJ. I've never I don't get it. There's coverage of a wedding, and oh, this person <laughs> talked to this person. Oh, they were hey, they were over at the states. Let's roll out the red card. I understand that they're royalty, but like, what do they do? They don't make the laws over nope. there. They just nope. they just really, got no. lucky and were born into the family. Yeah, from what much. I understand, yep. they got born lucky. It's a tourist thing. It seems like. I think you're right. That's exactly yeah, what it is. It's basically England's brand. It is really, yeah. <laughs> England's brand of human yeah, being. It really is because that's. <coughs> well, it's like when most people think of England, they think of you know like royalty and knights and Buckingham that sort of thing. Palace, yeah, and, castles, yeah, you yeah. know, all that medieval yeah. stuff. Changing of the guards and yeah. the tower. But I think now that so many of the royal family are becoming basically like Twitter celebrities, I think people are going to get disenchanted really quick. Because I hope so. that whole mystique of, oh, it's a king, just like, you know, King Arthur or whatever the hell. Right. right. Now it's like, oh, the prince, he's going on Twitter and talking about racism, just like literally everyone else. What's the big deal? Yeah. And one time my brother pushed me and broke a necklace, and now I have a book. Yeah, exactly. And, Net- <laughs> and Netflix gave me $100 million to cry about Because it. Queen Elizabeth really did keep up that, like, Middle Ages, like pastiche pretty well she looked yeah. like she could oh, have been born was, you know in the she was 17th awesome. century yeah, she, was I think awesome. she was actually well that's <laughs> true she, she was I mean, born in the 17th century she's she? like the last bastion of dignity and grace that we'll probably ever yeah. see yeah, in leadership per, yeah, pretty yeah. much yeah yeah that's it we're never going to see that again for sure there you go you know? but i mean it, but I, mean, so I was thinking about, you know, his little crying fit about his brother right. pushing him and breaking his necklace. And I remember the knockdown, drag, uh, bloody fist fights that my brothers got into when right. they were teenagers. I mean, Prince Harry wouldn't have survived a normal family. 
No, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> if that's if that exactly was the right. worst thing that happened to him, then he had to go to therapy because his brother pushed him a little bit. It's like, oh my God, really? Or maybe, well, I mean, or, or maybe my family's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> look what they're doing now, though. You got you got princes and princesses. You got big movie stars. You got big corporate people, and all they do is whine about, "Oh, poor me. Oh, it's just terrible." Misery loves company. Jesus, but I mean, That's you got where we're at. You got it made in life. Shut up, for Christ's sake. Uh, Be a little grateful. Happen. No gratitude. No gratitude. I don't think so. Well, anyway, uh, so Tom is fine. You're fine. Mm-hmm. I, they got all the cancer. It's all gone. You were fine. Everything's good. I get good. the stitches out. You I get do the ha- stitches out Wednesday. Yeah, you do have um, sutures all in your cheek, but mm-hmm. but that's all. So people, wear your sunscreen. Stop. You know, I mean, when we were growing up, we had like SPF, what, uh, six? Six, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> you know, I, I remember when our kids were little, I was constantly slathering sunscreen all over them because they, we learned that the sun is not good and getting sunburned is really not good. Uh, so, I, you know, they never had a peeling sunburn when they were kids. And that, you know, that's most skin cancers are preventable from just staying out of the sun and not getting right. burned. You know, so, you know, you were like me, you know, you were running around probably burning and peeling all the time when you were a little kid. So, you know, that's what happens with all that accumulation. So, you know what I'd like to know? Hmm. I need, I need votes. The three of you can vote first um, because I have to get a hat that covers my ears. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you just wear baseball caps, that's great, except for your ears are exposed then. Yep. Yep. So since Ear, I'm going to have Ears and back of neck, those are the main ones that are hard to get rid of. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. But so what do you think about the fact that since I'm going to have probably a little little bit of a scar, what's about three inches long on my right cheek. You're going to be amazed how that thing's going to heal up. Really? Yeah. You're going to, I've had so many friends that have had melanomas on their face, and it looked just terrifying um 45 stitches patty had um you know, now you can't even you can't even see it there's they're so good at these sutures now yeah but how about if i get a fedora so i look like al capone for a while until it does heal up what do you think i think that's a great idea it look like an italian mobster for Don't a couple you wear of a 10 gallon hat <laughs> oh yeah that'd be much especially better. in minnesota you know? i'm sure they'd love that if you're fascinated by aliens ghosts cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocketcast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. 
The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. What's so, what's the irony of all of this is you have always been such a hat snob. Look at that guy with his hat. Who does he think he is with a hat? Why is that guy got his baseball hat on wrong? Well, I hate that wearing baseball cap backwards. One of my favorite pictures of all time was a guy at a baseball game. I don't know where it was. But he had sunglasses and he had a baseball. You know the one I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. He's got the glasses up on his forehead. He's got his baseball cap on sideways, and he's shielding his eyes from the sun with his right hand. It's like Jesus. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's like what? Uh, it's a fashion You're statement. Clearly, it's a fashion statement. Well, it is. I turn it around backwards. Yeah, everybody's a catcher all of a sudden. Because every time I see somebody going, he must have been a catcher. But in high school. Going on the uh, Skin Cancer uh, Foundation, I think it is, or the, uh, what are some other organizations about skin cancer? There's a, there's a, there's several of them. Going on there, they'll talk about the, like, if you wear a two-inch brim hat, that your incidence of skin cancer goes down by quite a bit. It's, a, it's actually pretty amazing how wearing a hat with a brim can protect well, you. Well, that's what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to look like Al Capone, Catherine, from now on. Yep. Well, you have, a, a, you have a Panama hat in the closet um, from our trip to Cuba. Yes, I have a Cuban hat you that do. I can wear. You've got That'll a Panama. Be good. So but, there you go. I mean, the number, number one thing I want to pass along to people is it's not that I'm some supreme human being that figured it out. I just am lucky in the fact that I've got, I'm surrounded by really, really good people. I have a wonderful family, got great friends. I get on the list. So I lost the court case. I lost, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I get cancer. Don't sit around and go, oh, poor me. Oh, it's just terrible. What am I going to do? Fight back. You'll feel much better about yourself. Realize you're surrounded by people who love you and care enough to take care of you like Catherine and my family did. 
Can people ever look at something really bad and say, there is an upside, I got it in time? If I didn't get it in time, I'd be much more pissed off about this than I am now, I'll tell you that. But I found it in time because of Catherine. That's just a fact. You're welcome. What, for Mary and me? For saving your life. Oh, marrying me and saving my life. That's, that's what you're saying. So it's across the board. Yeah, it just got so but lucky. That's what I, I swear to God when I start the, the Tom Bernard show over on the Hubbard Network over there, and I talk to Joe Sushira. I talked so many people from that building called me, AJ. Nicest people. Everybody is just so incredibly nice and supportive and all the rest of it. So just to be around those people is going to be a, just a thrill for me. But... So I lost this, I lost that, I lost my job. But look what I, look what I gain now. I'm fine. Once the the scar goes away, or it's not even a scar. It's just what it. They don't call it a scar when it's still got the sewing crap in it, right? The sutures. The stitches. Sutures. There you go. That's yeah. what I was looking for. No, it's I mean still, it's technically. It's not a scar until it's healed. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there'll be no scar then. There's going to be a scar, but it will fade more and more and more. And just the way that they can do these sutures uh, inside, and they're just so yeah. they're just so fine. They just mm-hmm. they self-dissolving really, internal yeah. sutures. The best thing you can do is keep the wound out of the sun for as long as possible. Yes, because sun damage yeah. right, right. it makes scars a hundred times worse. Yeah. Well, I'm I got bandages over it now. The sun can't get at it at all. I can guarantee you that right now. But I guess the, I'll just try to deliver a message. Like, I'm not some guy who's got it all figured out, and I'm not smarter than everybody else. Andy, could say, you also take a drop of that? Thank oh, you. <laughs> Great. That's wonderful news. That's bad. <laughs> just rip the piss out of the guy who was teetering ah, on the brink of death, oh, that's hanging right. on by oh, a thread. I'm horrible. I'm <laughs> that's so what horrible. what it was. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, I just would like to offer an example. The reason that I am the way I am is because I don't have fear levels like most people do. Like when I went and had these surgeries, I was never put under. I told them, I don't feel pain like other people. I think that's because I got hit in the head with a bat when I was a kid. That's probably why. But I don't feel the level of pain other people must because that stuff doesn't hurt. I didn't have to be put under for them to cut into my face because I wasn't scared of it. So... Why don't we work on this? Instead of working on what other people are doing and what other people are saying, work on your own fear level because it's your fear that's causing you all these problems. Get rid of that fear, man. Support other people. Ask other people to support you. Work on your fear level because it's ruining your life. It really is. If you're that afraid of everything that you have to accuse everybody else of being against it, that's all it is is your fear coming out. Let it go. Really, you'll live a much happier life. Sound advice indeed. Let go of the fear, live your life, love your family and friends, and there you go. What more? I mean, I even like Kostaki, who's going to be on in like three, four minutes. So what does that tell you? Well, it's very telling indeed. Very telling. Get Kostaki on the (laughs) horn. uh, Andy, how was he when he came in? He was just at Acme, right? Uh, Yeah, two weeks ago, I think. So how was that? It was good. I mean, he's just a wonderful guy. Yeah. yeah. Acme is very crowded these days. Oh, Acme is really very bad. Yeah. Yeah. The winter is their big season. Yes, it what is. Was that? Do you go to comedy shows? I've actually never been. I, I love watching like, stand up <clears throat> comedy specials, and I love 
like that whole scene. I have a buddy who moved out to California to kind of pursue that, but I've oh, never okay. actually been to a like a stand-up comedy show. Melissa hadn't either. This was her first one. Really? Oh, there you go. In her entire life, yeah, and she's 30. Huh. Yeah, 31. So, uh, yeah, nice I mean, pose. I don't know. I think it's kind of a generational thing. Most people who go to comedy shows are older. Neil Brennan has a really good stand-up hour right now. It's out on, I believe, Netflix. A lot of them are on Netflix, I think. But Neil Brennan, of course, the guy that worked with Dave Chappelle all those years on the Chappelle show and just a brilliant writer, he had this wonderful comment. He was talking about uh, Republicans and liberals. He didn't say Republicans and Democrats. He didn't say conservatives and, and liberals. He said Republicans and liberals. That's how he, what he called them, right? And he said, here's the thing that is kind of weird, and everybody understand up front, he said right up front, I'm a liberal. So I just wanted you to know up front that I am liberal, okay? But he said, I did notice something. If you're standing in a crowd, the guy walks up, and he goes, I'm a Republican. They go, oh, you want a drink or something? That's great. You're a Republican. Glad to hear it. And then you wander over to the other crowd, and you walk up and go, I want you to know that I'm a liberal. There's a pause, and then they go, yeah, well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Brennan is very, very funny. <laughs> it's a very funny stand-up special. If you get a minute, uh, I, I'd like to track him down. We should get him on the show, as a matter of fact, because the whole hour is really good. I mean, he's, uh, well, first of all, was there ever a funnier show than the Dave Chappelle show? Probably not. No, it was very funny. There's no question about it. Did you ever watch that? Oh, I love it. Isn't it one of the greatest shows of all time? It's so good. Like, it, it, it is the, like... Key and Peel before that. It's the yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's so good because he nothing was off limits. That's well. Look, when he gets his reparations check, goes out <laughs> and buys a semi full of cool cigarettes. That's funny. But now some people would be offended by that. You know, mm -hmm. oh, you're saying that don't black people only smoke cools? No, I'm saying that I smoke cools. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah, they got get with it. Let, we got to start laughing again, man. They've been going after Chappelle now like there's no tomorrow, trying to ruin his life. Uh, comedians are weird people. That's another thing you need to understand. Now, Andy, Catherine, you've been around them a lot the last 10 years. Have you met a really good comedian who's normal? No. Not a lot of them, no. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, Andy used to sit and talk to Gilbert Gottfried, and while those two were talking, it was, I don't think anybody else could understand what either one of you were talking about, but <laughs> he just, he just, uh, he liked you a lot. He thought the world of you, Andy. You knew that, though, didn't you? I, it's hard to tell. He's usually pretty irreverent. <laughs> yes, he can be a <laughs> Oh, man, that's so sorry, because I, so, I was watching a little bit of that, uh, what's that one show that was on for a long time? Judy Gold was on. Judy Gold's another one that loves Andy. That's right, I forgot. She hasn't been on in a long time. Well, she was on a couple of years ago. A couple she, years ago. Yeah, a long time. she came into the studio, but she's, yeah, she, yeah, she had, I, I think COVID, she stopped doing a lot of touring. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, Let's see, well, she was on we, August 11th, 2020. Oh, wow. So, two Wait, and a half years. Two and a half years ago already? Yeah, I thought she did I'm a saying. call in last year, didn't she? Did no? she? I thought she did. I remember being in studio. Yeah, but I know she came in. We gotta let the yeah, comedians be funny. Oh, okay. We really do. We have to let the comedians be funny, like uh, Dave Chappelle bit written along with Neil Brennan, a white family who have the the surname the Big Ends. Mm -hmm. That was funny. 
because the black mailman or the was he the milkman or the mailman? I can't Something remember. like that. I think he was the milkman. Something man. like that. But he could not stop saying the big N because it was their last name. And it was hilarious. But some people, oh, my God, that's way too offensive. We can't do that. It's like, oh, God. It's like anything else. It, if you know that that's their sense of humor, then you just don't watch it. Yeah, I suppose. If you don't like yeah, it. Right, if, yeah. right, that's exactly right. If you yeah. don't like it, then don't watch it. Yeah. Other people can handle it. Just, you're a candy ass. That's the big difference right there. How do we tell when, when Kostaki's ready to go, Andy? I can tell you he's ready right now. Kostaki, I can't guarantee that it's going to work right. Is it working? Oh, well, we can't hear you, so that's not great. That's but not a good sign. That's probably... Is he on StreamYard, or what's going on probably on our end. Let's so see. can we do it on our end here? We might have to. Let me just try adjusting some stuff. Okay. Uh, that's yes. one thing I love about this show. We just don't hide anything. It's just, uh, didn't work? Well, let's try to get it to work. There you go. So it all works out in the end. Did that do anything? No, apparently not. not. Oh, dear, yet. oh, dear. Well, it's weird. You, you can hear it when I play stuff on the computer, but StreamYard specifically isn't cooperating, and I don't know why. Well, so can, can they patch him in through the other board or... Yeah, I think I'm going to have to text AJ and tell him how to do that. It's not too difficult, but... Well, just tell him on the air. What's the difference? You don't have to text him. You can just tell him on the air. That's okay. Yeah. The password to our computer? Oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to send the password. That's never a good idea. Probably not. No. That would not be a good Even idea. Even I know not to do that. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, I'll uh, text over, and then we can get Kostaki. It'll just take a couple minutes. Are you guys saying that there are people that would take advantage of having someone else's password? Is that what you're trying to say? 100%. Who ever heard of that? Uh, who? Oh my goodness, I would be shocked if that t- took place, wouldn't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't this know technology is amazing to me anyway that we can all be... Like last night, uh, the ring doorbell kept going off, and oh. I was watching um, the people coming in. I was not home. Right. And then the ring doorbell kept ringing and ringing and ringing. So I, I was like, clearly Tom can't hear it. So I called Tom from another location to tell him that somebody was at our door. Yes, from <laughs> 1,500 miles away. Like, this is very weird. I couldn't weird. hear it, but you could. That was very, very interesting. strange how this works now. No, it is. Uh, what was your email you sent me? What was that all about? Your toilet being gross? Yeah, no. I, I get an e- email last night. Tom, is your toilet gross? I'm like, no. Because you had what, guys what? over. Why would you think my toilet would be gross? Have you seen your toilet? My toilet's clean as a whistle, sister. Mm, you <laughs> might oh, need God, stronger here, glasses. Here we go. <laughs> Another thing I Tom did wrong. I didn't think you get, you'd bring that up on the air. Tom, you've got cancer and you've got a turd in your toilet. That's real nice, honey. That's, That's not, great. That's good. <laughs> no, it might. It was pristine. I want you to know we had people over. It was pristine. Good. I'm glad. They all were. Everything worked out in the end. Is That's that okay? Nice, except for the game. So who were we playing? I didn't watch one minute no, of it. It was the New York Giants, and it was a terrible game. You could tell they are were going to lose it the, the whole damn game. Are the Giants good? Mm, they're okay at best. Oh. They're not great. Okay. No, the Vikings just had another mediocre year. They've been that's what 62 years in a row now they've had a mediocre uh, mediocre year. So good for them. 
Mm, here I'm we were doing so well, I thought. <coughs> yeah, winning games that didn't matter. Oh. I don't know. I, like I said, they need to get rid of the defensive coordinator. That defense is terrible. So I think the head coach might be good. He's a very, very young guy. I think they got really good players. I'm not a huge fan of the quarterback. Um, not that he's terrible, but he's certainly not worth $45 million a year, for Christ's sake. Ooh, what do we got? I think we might have Kostaki now. What about the there, there we go. Oh, look at that. Okay, never mind. We're good. Andy Hurrah. and AJ working shoulder to shoulder. See, working together, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> working together. It can be done. Mistaki, how are you? I you guys the whole time. Oh. I'm good. I'm good. Hmm. Did you hear the part when I said, who was that prick that was just in on New Year's Eve? Oh, it was Kostaki. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I missed that. I missed that one. How you doing, Pally? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? I want to open up by saying, and I was just talking to AJ. AJ's uh, on the board here because Andy is in Florida right now. Uh, oh, but okay. I was just talking about the fact that, that comedy is getting very, very strong again, very, very good. I was talking about Neil Brennan's deal, his, his latest. There all these, all these uh, people have an hour out now, and Netflix has really picked up the, the mantle on that one. Is it a good sign? To me, it's a really good sign that comedy's getting to be funny again. Do you find that to be true, Kostaki? Yeah, I mean, I I think broadly it's we've always been okay, but yeah, we've definitely been taking some shots from the culture about oh, you can't joke about this and you can't laugh about that. That's that's always a drag that that's part of a conversation, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, you you but should I, be able to talk about whatever you want. Of course, and if you and and I agree. But I heard a little bit of what Catherine said. I, to me, it's this, it's a similar version to the old George Carlin bit. Well, if you don't like what you hear on the radio, here's an idea. There are two knobs on the radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's say, let's stay off social media saying how much or not saying how much you hate something that you're not being forced to listen to. <laughs> right. Yes. Change the station. Just, right. Yeah. It's go the, do something it's else. The same, yeah. It's the same complaint that George Carlin had to deal with 30 years ago. So in, in some ways, it's, a, it's the same fight. Yeah, it is um, the same fight. We're just having a, a different version of it because the cacophony of the crazy voices is a little louder in a social media era, you know. Yes. Um, but no, that's fine. That's part, of, that's part of what it is. Uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld answered a question about this really well, and I'm, I'm going to fumble it and not do it as well as he did. But it was, his explanation was <clears throat> some version of, it's the job of the downhill skier to read the, you know, read the hill and get through the, get through whatever the course right. is. Right. And, and society will move the flags on you, but your job as the, as the pro skier is to figure out the best way to, to get down to the bottom. So I think that's a fair assessment and culture is going to ebb and flow and it's your job to have your ears open and pay attention to what's, sort of in the zeitgeist, but also be an artist at the same time. You know, it, it, it's right. the craft to do both. I have a question for you, and this, this actually does bother me because I adored the man from the first time I ever heard him talk. Do you think in this day and age Richard Pryor would have ever broken? I don't think so. It's I a great question. We had, we had the same offensive. question about, you know, would Archie Bunker be a thing? Could you, could right. you pull off a show like that anymore? Right. 
would a show like Seinfeld even have the chance to succeed or would we look at the ratings in the first two weeks and go, goodbye, you know? Right, right. I mean, these are good questions. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Richard I, Pryor, brilliant, brilliant man, but I don't think they'd let him do today what he did 35, 40, 45 years ago. Here's, here's the good news about today. There's, there's less letting them do it because you don't need the good. universe to do it anymore. Good. You don't have to wait for a suit to say yes. You can go build your own audience out there in the interwebs. So maybe, it, maybe an act like that could break in a different way, you know? I, I don't know. Yeah. But he used the big end so much, I doubt that they'd let him do that. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> he did all the time, which I found to be hilarious because that's what the guys in my neighborhood did. It was hilarious. Right. And that's why it exploded because it spoke to those of us who were in the real world and it was it yep. came from a real place. And he was, he was again, he was a crazy artist. You know, he, he came from the story of his life is hurt your feelings to read about oh my and oh, so I he know. had he had real empathy and he was clearly a brilliant funny edgy you know he's he's definitely on the mount rushmore of important comics in the in the story oh god change it forever yeah for sure change it forever um one thing i do have to go after you on because not, you know you got divorced <laughs> he got divorced and and you know we we all kept very quiet about it but <laughs> Lisa Marie Presley was right, trying to get a date with you and couldn't get a date and finally just gave up and perished. Because Is that right? Dating. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'll, that that'll happen. That's what I've heard. Broken hearts out there, Tom. It's not my fault. I'm doing my best. Lisa Marie and Kostaki should have gotten together, <laughs> but Kostaki dropped the ball, and now we don't have Lisa Marie anymore. She died. Way to go. Did the cause of death ever come out? I think glug glug. I could be right. I, think, I mean, I it's think a she solid bet. She didn't behave, I think, is the word that I got. Cardiac arrest. <coughs> so Cardiac arrest that's at 54. usually less about alcohol and more about other things you ingest. Um, you'd be surprised. Uh, alcohol is very hard on people's hearts. Well, it oh, is, yeah. but usually they, I mean, it's going to be cirrhosis or something like that gets you first. Something else more, more pleasant. I don't know about that. <laughs> Cardiac yeah. arrest is basically the best way to go. Is it? Yeah, your heart stops beating, and you just pass out, and that's it. Oh, okay, I'll put that on my list. Better than 10 years of your liver, you know, decomposing. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, it's better than a lot of the choices. Bottoms up, Yeah, that'd be good. Let's not have Andy list them all right now. (laughs) Yeah, let's not do that. Let's get back to Kostaki making us laugh. What do you say? Tom, way to go. Should I do it alphabetically? By the way, way, I heard you guys talking about how all the great comics are weirdos. Come on. I'm a normal guy. I like (laughs) Andy. and Yeah, you're you're not weird at all. You probably are maybe one of the more normal ones, I have to say. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's true. I, there's definitely some weirdos. We, he, Gilbert was a crazy. He was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. Oh, His yeah. mind just did not Kind. work the way that most no. people's did. Right. Okay. Right. Me, I, he was one me. of the first comics I ever met when I was uh, I was at the University of Georgia, and I worked on the the team that brought comedians. So I went to pick him up at the airport and helped him, you know, do a few of the pre-show things. He was very strange. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. The best way I can put that is Nick Swardson. I love the man. He's a dear friend. The family loves him. Yeah, I, mean, I just think boy. the real guy. Uh, could he be any weirder? No, it's not possible. <laughs> not possible. He's as weird as they get. 
Schwartzen's weird. Another uh, sort of from the same crazy genius mold, Emo. Emo's a weirdo. Yeah. Mm. Yes, Emo's quite weird. Emo's one of my favorite comics, one of the great writers of all time. Well, the trick is... And he's also... He's the best kind of... He's exactly what you want him to be. He's gentle and brilliant and sweet and reserved and Mm -hmm. odd. Well, exactly. It's like if you're a genius, you eventually hit a crossroads where you can either become like the tortured genius... You know the, the like AJ mad, and me. mad scientist type that uh, can barely hold themselves together, or like, you yeah. can become the nutty professor, which is like funny, <laughs> funny weird. Those are the two choices. You have to choose which path. Okay, all right, we'll do that. Yeah, one of my favorite. I'll I'll go to my grave with this. Is one of my favorite comedy memories. One time after a show in Vegas. Emo said, Emo won't hang out with you before the show because he's a crazy vampire. Right. He goes to bed at like right. seven in the morning. And yep. He sleeps all day. He doesn't want to have something going on before the show. But after the show, he's totally available. So mm-hmm. we do the show. He goes back and gets changed and everything. We meet and we, we talk and he goes, well, what would you do if I weren't here? And I said, I'd probably go over to the poker room and sit there for a few hours and have a few <laughs> yeah. beers. And he goes, let's do that. So he came with me to the poker room and oh, he sat it. there and I, he sat there like a rail bird. Like I showed him my cards and we talked about the process and I taught him how to play poker for over a course of about two hours. He really? was fascinated. Yeah, it was, he was so into it and you would have never have guessed that in a million years. Uh, he was fascinated by the whole process, and you know, I was, I was tell when we when we sat down, we spent about five minutes, and I go, all right, this is an imperfect science, but this is part of what the, what you try to do as a as a poker player. And I went around the table, and I told him what I thought about every single player. Right, my guess is an initial read, and over the course of two hours, this isn't usually what happens, but over the course of two hours, every single thing that I predicted came true. And he was kind of blown away by it. He was like, oh, oh. <laughs> there was a guy, the guy with the big stack. I go, he's playing loose. Uh, he's drunk. He's going to leave here with nothing. Not only did he leave there with nothing, he left with a lifetime ban from the poker room because oh, he got oh. in a fight with the floor guy. Oh, my God. That's never a good idea. <laughs> so it was, it was yeah. weird that I was, you know, I was on my game and it was kind of fun to, like, show a new thing. To a guy who I, you know, I've always respected and loved. The Dave was even willing to come with me it was just such a surprise, you know. Yeah, I love emo, and and there's a emo bunch of them great. that are like that. Yeah, Brian Regan is totally normal, wonderful, yep. wonderful yep. guy. Jake Johansson's totally normal, brilliant, kind soul. Um, some of the good ones are totally normal guys. Jerry Seinfeld's nothing particularly weird about him. He just executes at such a high level, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then there's guys like David Tell who are a little bit strange, you know? And they're Dave is, yeah, a little strange. I, I would say so. I think there's a major correlation between number of speedballs consumed and weirdness in the comedy world. <laughs> speedballs. <laughs> Can I tell you something I've never ever said in public before? Because I'll probably get yelled at for this. Kostaki, you did, did you hear that I got cancer and I got rid of it? Did you hear that? I didn't know that. I heard you got radio and got rid of that. Yeah, I got, radio, I got rid of radio. Went, well, you got radiation as well. Radiation and radio, and uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I got uh, melanoma. 
Oh, but they got it all. You all right? They got everything. It. Yep, all right? They got it. Yep, they got it all. There's no question no, about that. That's great. Good news. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. So understand that I'm in a very good mood. I'm very happy, you know, being around the people I'm around. Um, I have never understood why people think Jerry Seinfeld's funny. I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't think I, his delivery is very good. I don't I either. think his writing is good. Yeah. But I don't know. The way he delivers is just weird. I just don't get it. It's like he's not way sure of his own jokes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, is yeah. this funny? I don't know. Let's find out. I mean, he's not one of my personal favorites, but he is one of the greats at the thing. Again, it's nothing's more subjective than what's funny to somebody. Um, well, yeah, yeah. different taste. Yeah, that's I true. actually feel that I I have the unpopular take on uh, yeah, on Pryor. I think Pryor is an incredible, important step in the comedy, you know, story mm-hmm. arc. But he doesn't make me laugh. I find him to be interesting and compelling but it's more like a you know he's very more like a guy doing a one-man show it's it's not funny yeah to me um but i see why people love him you know i, I mm-hmm. get it well we, we, i do uh, we talked about dave chappelle well. he's kind of like that now you know yeah. 20 years ago he pretty much anyone could find something funny there but now he's just kind of like i don't know he just like delivers bitter monologues, and then there's some <laughs> jokes thrown in every so often. Yes, <laughs> I'll I'll push back a little on that. I think Dave's one of the he's one of the best. He's a, he's a churning machine of uh, yep. of content yep. at this point. Um, but again, I mean nothing. It's I mean it just take the, some of the extreme examples. Uh, Judy Tenuta, not everybody's cup of tea, but she was very mm-hmm. good at what she did. Right, so you know. 
there's Anthony Jeselnik, there's super dark guys, and there's you know, right, there's right. goofy, silly, there's you know, there's so many different tastes of comedy. And, you know, there's bitter and there's angry and there's silly and there's you know, edgy and there's you know, uh, there's storytellers and there's joke guys and you know, there's people who come from the streets and there's you know, right, Greg right. Giraldo was a he was a Harvard lawyer. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's a Harvard lawyer. So, yep. uh, yeah. You know, there's the full range out there. And that's what's kind of fun about it. You can just kind of, especially in the modern era with the Internet, you can just go find exactly what you like. Yes, that's exactly. That's very, very true. I will tell you one thing about Greg Giraldo, though, because he was in studio many, many times, uh, whether at the station, on the podcast, whatever. Always thought the world of him, but you could tell it just was not going to be forever. You just there was something about his personality. You just thought he's not a happy man. He was the nicest right. guy in the world. He's a very pleasant guy to you. You could just tell he was not happy with himself for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what that's all right. about. I I didn't see. I didn't know him well. He was. I had the he's very happy with you apart. He was. He was really went out of his way to be kind to me a couple of times when there was mm-hmm. no reason. We just had this right. sort of. There's a sort of a fraternity. I don't mean that in a gender-specific way. There's a, it's a small fraternity of comics. There's, there's only, I don't know what the number is, but it's only a maybe 3,000 people who are running around doing this full-time at any given mm-hmm. moment. Right. So we had that sort of bond right away, and we hung out a few times. Uh, but, yeah, he was clearly a tortured, a tortured guy. He uh, was, it's, definitely. He's one of the, if, if the listeners don't know his stuff, He's worth looking up. He has some of the he has one of the best hours in the history of stand-up comedy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Midlife Vices, I believe, something like mm-hmm. that. Yep, it's great. You can find it on YouTube for free. Um, yeah, Geraldo oh, yeah, here is it is. Yeah, if you Google it, it's the first thing that pops up. Yeah, he's great. Take a look at that special. It's. Uh, He's the, he's a he was a he was a freaky beautiful combination of of brilliant and earthy. He sort of brought you know Harvard thinking and the streets together. You know, in a way. yeah, I, that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, it is. He had he had a real earthiness about him, but he was he was making points that were really like socially insightful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no, I, that, which I think that's what comedy is all about. I think. Yeah, I know that he might not have been your cup of tea. He's my favorite comedian of all time. But Richard Pryor brought it all right up to our faces and said, this is what it's all about, which I really loved. I thought it was fantastic. Right. Yeah, so to me, that's almost um, that's a different skill set than what somebody like Geraldo is doing. Geraldo is more of a traditional sort of a right. uh, thinking man's comic. Uh, Pryor was like... This is my life. This is my story. This is how I speak when you're not around. It was it was almost an exercise in in expression from a place that the public hadn't seen yet. You know, uh, the show business public, the you know the the major media outlets hadn't had a guy talk like that. You know, right. <laughs> so right. So it was very exciting. You know, to go. Oh, this is like a. I, I've heard. I've heard this accent before. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not on my TV screen. Uh, yeah, he, it was almost a performance art. You know, he was he was gritty and revealing and vulnerable and real. Uh, in a way, you didn't get that much vulnerability from 
you know, somebody like Mitch Hedberg was just like a crazy weirdo joke writer, you know? Right, right, exactly. It you, don't, is you, didn't, you don't know anything about Hedberg when the show's over. <laughs> no, no, that's very true. Yeah, you just right loved it. You just had a great time, you know? Yeah, I miss that kind of comedy where it's like they're just comedians. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't want to dehumanize, but it's like, you know, it's kind of nice when they don't try to make it about themselves. Yeah, it's interesting because you, you grew up in an era where it's very much the ethic of the times yeah, is, absolutely. To, is to reveal yourself. Yep. And in the old days, there was not a lot of that. I no. mean, to take, again, to take an extreme example, the, the original stand up comedy was Henny Youngman kind of stuff. It was just like well written one liners. Yeah. We didn't know anything about Henny Youngman at the end of those shows. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, and then, talking about comedians from the <laughs> early 20th century, how many jokes can you make about <clears throat> drinking whiskey and hitting your wife? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice now. Well, you know, you have to have to be the you have to be a voice of the times. You got to have some tact when you. You know, what's your favorite Kostaki. whiskey to drink before engaging in some domestic abuse? Yeah, there you go. I like exactly. a scotch myself. Kostaki, have I ever told you the first time I met Henny Youngman? Henny Young, please tell me. I didn't know. AJ's looking at me like, who the hell is Henny Youngman? No, I have no idea who that is. He, he was a big time comedian back in the what forties, fifties, sixties, something like that. Yeah, that's the right universe. Yeah, it's kind of before comedy was really a full-time thing. This says his active years were started in 1923. 1923? Wow. Wow. Started pretty uh, long time ago, almost uh, 100 years. His most well, famous about- joke of all time, AJ, was, take my wife, please. Mm, yeah, that everyone was his knows big that joke. Oh, no, okay. I so do. you know who that is? Yeah, yes, you I, know, know, I, know I thought about. you might know that mm-hmm. joke. Everyone knows, take my wife, please. That's the. Uh, I don't really know why, but we all do. It, the the answer is because it's the it's the example of brevity is the soul of wit. That it's is the, true. It's the sh- it's the shortest joke in in the history of stand up comedy. It is. It is. Well, he had a lot it's of very very words. short jokes. Yeah. <laughs> four words. That's the whole joke. But yeah, I'm at the Carnegie could... Deli in New York City, right? My ah. moved to New York. This is of what 1977, 78, something like that. Somewhere in 79. I, I don't remember. But I went to the Carnegie Deli, which is no longer there, which pisses me off to no end because I love the Carnegie Deli. But I'm in there, and all of a sudden through the door comes Henny Youngman. I'm like, oh, my God, I am in New York. Henny Youngman's <laughs> in here, right? So I'm just sitting there paying attention to what Henny Youngman's doing. And as he's walking along toward his chair, because there were just a bunch of basically like picnic tables in this deli. That's what they had, right? Yeah. It's still it that wonderful. way. It's still very bare bones. I love it. So he walks in, and he's got a comment for everybody. And I mean, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Hey. Every, everybody walked by, you'd have some kind of comment, Classic right? Henny Youngman. Yeah, yeah classic oh, Henny yeah. Youngman. Oh, comment, oh, hey, oh, oh. you know, hey, how you doing? Walks by this one, one server, young a waitress. She was probably around, I don't know, mid-30s, 40, something like that. And she's wearing a leopard skin blouse. And as he walks by, doesn't even look at her. He walks by and he goes, excuse me, honey, but your tits are hanging out. <laughs> Just kept walking. It's like, really? See, I don't know much about him, but it sounds a lot like Groucho Marx to me. Would that be yeah. wrong? Yeah, a little Groucho-y. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I know Groucho was well before his time, but 
I don't know. Groucho, yeah. I think I... Anyone my age know? I don't know, AJ, is Groucho a household name among the uh, Gen Z? Not to my knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much. Maybe the funniest man ever born. But you recognize the glasses, I'm sure. Yeah, Groucho Groucho could have been. He's probably, I mean, he was probably the first really good comedian in, like, this era of comedy. He was. He was brilliant. He One of the greatest so stories I mean, of all time. Can you name? Show. Can you name a yep. comedian before him that you think is like to this day is still funny? Park your carcass. How about that? Was that before him? Oh yeah, that was that was the Borscht Belt. That was uh, uh, no. He Catskills. was born well after Groucho. I actually Park heard your carcass some, uh, was. He was born in 1904. Oh well. <laughs> hey, Jay, just look like a what? Well, Groucho was <laughs> born in 1890. So, Groucho was born in 1890. Yep. Oh my wow. god! A long time oh, ago. God. I know. I actually Honest heard god. a little, a couple of clips. Uh, Will Rogers. Will Rogers was doing stand-up style. Like, yeah. Kind of. Funny oh, yeah. speeches. He's, he's before Groucho's yep. uh, 1879. And then and the other one from that universe is um, is Mark Twain. I mean, those were yeah. Those yep. that's those true. He arguably was a, he was the first two American stand-up comics, depending right. on how you define this. Yeah, sort he of didn't thing. really do like he. It was all writing, right? He didn't like do comedy shows, did he? No, he he would do. He would pub. He did public appearances. Oh well, and they there you were. Go. They were stories and jokes strung together with the intent to, you know, get people to laugh. They oh, were, well, then, yeah, they probably were him, speeches. Honestly. Yeah. It wasn't really stand-up in the same way we think of it now, but it was it was definitely, you know, it was part of that line. Yeah. It's well, pretty cool. Have, to, they didn't have microphones back then. I was kind of shocked to hear Will loud. Rogers. <laughs> Will, Will Rogers was doing almost like... You know, weekend update kind of. You know, he's doing jokes about the government in a way that was kind of, you know, anti-establishment, and it was kind of set up punch. I was kind of surprised that that form even existed yet. Should I tell AJ the greatest Groucho line delivered in the 1950s on broadcast television live? Uh, oh, I have one too. I wonder if you're thinking of the uh, same one. The, the woman, woman with, with nine kids. The woman yep. with nine kids. Oh, I already know this. where that's going. Yes, the oh, yes. You, want, you tell them. You're no, the comedian. No, no. I want to hear you tell it. You, you oh, tell God. it. You tell it. I'm a little boy. I'm like five years old, maybe <laughs> something like that. And this show is live. To, back then, everything was live on TV. Everything was just live, right? So he's got a show called You Bet Your Life. It was a game show. You would come on and. He'd ask questions, and if he answered them right, you'd win money, and whoever had the most money at the end wins, right? Okay. And he always interviewed the contestants, and there was a young woman. She looked to be probably <laughs> the late 30s, something like that. And he comes, and Groucho kind of talked like this. He kinda, does he always talk like this? He always, he kinda, <laughs> he's kind of just mumbled his way through life. And he goes, okay, right. tell me about yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you a married woman? Well, yes, I am, Groucho. I've been married now for 20 years. Oh, 20 years is a long time. Do you have any children? He goes, why, yes, uh, Groucho. My husband and I are very, very proud. We have nine children. He goes, nine children? You have nine children? I like my cigar, too, but I take it out of my mouth once in a while. <laughs> oh, my God. On live television. It's like in the 50s. What? In the 50s. He's can't trying. say that. <laughs> One of the greats oh. of all time. 
<laughs> and she looked at him like, what, you son of a bitch? Oh, <laughs> it's the greatest. Oh. oh, my God, it's noon. It's time to wrap it up already, Kostaki. What the hell? The Vikings must have lost or something. We completely turned the page on football. Yeah, we didn't talk about it once, I don't think. <laughs> Thank God. I don't want to talk about That's football hilarious. at all. We, didn't, we, we had to talk about something lighter like melanoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lightened, uh, we lightened her up a little bit. The death oh, of like Greg my... Giraldo. That's right, yeah. <clears throat> we talked about the death of Greg Giraldo. Brilliant comedian. But, okay, so next week we'll talk about... What are we going to talk about next week? Comedy. <laughs> Okay, are the, we'll so are the Vikings out them. then? Yes, they're the done. They're out. done. Well, then, yeah, I guess Vikings. what's left They'll to talk about. In September. That's fine. Yeah, for <laughs> it's not like they're the dead. They're just you know a disappointment. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. And have been for sixty years now. But, you you know. saw me talking about it on stage when I was there, mm-hmm. Andy. Exactly. How hesitant the fans are to embrace them, and the, turns out the fans were right. <laughs> Well, every year, every year, this is what happens. They win a bunch of games, and they're like, okay, this is the year. This is the year we're going to make it. And I, who don't watch the Vikings at all and know nothing about them, am like, yeah, we'll see. And then they just <laughs> yeah, torpedo themselves, go. and I'm right, even though I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I know. How does that work? Yeah, it's true. Well, think about it. There's only one out of 32 teams that really is happy at the end of the whole thing, right? That is very true. So just mathematically, you know, most of the time you're going to wind up disappointed. And the Vikings have just maybe doubled their odds of disappointment over the years. I think making well, it into the Super Bowl is still something to be proud of. Of course. And you can say, oh, yeah, we were in the Super Bowl. Even if you didn't win, it's still a pretty big deal. But Yeah, I would, I would happily trade, you know, the... The Bills story for the Falcons story, if I was picking. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's The problem is almost making it to the Super Bowl, but then not quite. Right. That's right. what sucks. Well, I think there's some pain in going to the Super Bowl and losing it, too. I get that. But, you know, it's nice to be nice to have a good team to root for all year, you know? That's Indeed. We wouldn't know. Well, let me put it this way. The last time the Vikings were in the Super Bowl, A.J. was born 22 years later. So 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 fun to have a baby on the show. We can tease. We have a baby, baby A.J. We were talking about Groucho Marx and Mark Twain. Yeah. People who were born a century before him and even me. But so influential. So influential. (laughs) That's why the show does so well, because we just meander. That's what yeah, we do. That's a lot of meandering. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Will Rogers be... never met a man he didn't like, because there weren't that many people around yet. <laughs> there wasn't anybody around. That's exactly right. very early. Yeah, they loved, didn't make assholes He loved both then. of the people in his town. <laughs> yes, both of them. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it, huh? I guess so. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Kostaki, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. AJ, thank you very much. did a great job. You're going to be in for the next two weeks, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. And then after that, you have to come in as a guest. That would no. be fantastic. It'll don't work don't out. tempt me now. <laughs> don't tempt me now. What we're going to do is get back to talking about comedians back in the 1700s next time. <laughs> no. Or maybe not. I'll, I'll hit the library, though. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, so Biblical Catherine, humor. Andy, everything good? Everything good where you are? Everything's good. Yep. All right, well, thank you again. I love you dearly, and I miss you both, and I'll see you both in a week, and I'll and see we'll Alex talk tomorrow uh, on the, this afternoon. And Tom, also the, on the show, whatever it's the called some, these days. This, some show this, this I don't know. Here. I've always been confused at what we're called. <laughs> I what? like Welcome to the Family. That's, okay. the, that's, that's the name I like. All right. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, bye. Andy, you got the music?
Or is AJ uh, got the Yeah, music? no, I can do intro and outro. No it's problem. You. you guys work it out. All right. All right, All right. talk to you tomorrow with the Bye. family. Bye. All right.